Welcome back to another episode of Black Girl Fly. I'm your girl, Tanisha Nicole. And I'm Tashana Dixon. And so today we're talking about the kids. And they used to actually call this summer learning loss, but we're well into <laughs> the fall. COVID learning loss is what we're going to call this. learning loss, y'all. Yes. So we just want to just touch on this topic. We are nearing the end of Q4. Uh, what is quarter four? I mean, sorry. Quarter one. <laughs> quarter two for the kids in school. Uh, towards the end of the year, first semester is going yeah. to be over because we clearly can't get it together <laughs> with the quarters. Because I'm on fiscal quarters, we quarter four, whatever. Semester one is over for the babies, and they've been in school. This is the first full year in school since COVID. Yeah, and tell us what's going on as a mother of four. Well, so well, I'm just gonna say this, say my personal experience, and then I'll tell you what I what I read. Mm-hmm. So. My kids, so I'm in I'm in the special space, right? Because my kids actually started school in mm. COVID. Yeah. Uh, so my oldest, yeah, my oldest went to kindergarten in COVID. Fully remote. Yes. Mm. And it was terrible. Yeah, y'all, she cried um, every day. Every yes. Day. And, and not only that, but at that young of an age, I, I hope other mothers who have kids that young can relate, but... It is so imperative that they have like physical contact, that they can see your full face and get emotion mm-hmm. and touch one another and all this. Right. It's a lot that goes on at that age group mm-hmm. that requires like bringing their whole selves. And so it wasn't just about being fully remote. Like, mind you, uh, for my daughter, I talked about this on another podcast, I'm sure, but like she didn't know how to work a tablet going into the kindergarten. Right. And they were like, mute your mic. <laughs> Come back in five minutes. I'm like, uh, not, why are they telling these kids five minutes? They don't even know how to count to five. They yeah. don't even know what a minute is. What yes. are we talking about? Uh, like, like, and then too, to look across now, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. So now I see too, they, they did not prepare the parents Right. About right. what needed to happen in order for your kids to be successful during that time either. Yeah. And, and so, like, going into that, mm-hmm. I actually uh, I recently read a, a study that said that coming out of COVID after the first year, mm-hmm. kids were at least five months behind wow. um, at the wow. end of the first year. That's wild. And then, actually, I read a more recent study that said at the end of this last year, there was about a 10-month gap. Um, and where they should be. So basically all students were a year behind. And I'm sure if you, I, I didn't break down the results, but I'm sure if you look mm-hmm. at younger kids, it had a greater impact than it did with the older kids um, because wild. of where they are in their learning. And, right. and so not only that, so even when they did go back in the second year, they mm. had these masks over most of their face and all you could see were their eyes. Right. Well, expression, relation, touching, yeah. that is huge in kindergarten, first grade, second yeah. grade. Um, and I think it had a tremendous impact. And quite frankly, right. this is what I want to talk about. Yeah. I feel like everybody's pretending like it didn't happen. Right. Let's call these people the COVID kids. <laughs> yes. And so, yeah, everyone is pretending that that did not happen. And I was talking to some college students not too long ago, and they were telling me, like juniors and seniors mm-hmm. or whatever, they were like, these freshmen are weird. Like, <laughs> they're so awkward yes. because they spent the last two years of high school not in relation with other kids. Correct. So, so I have met weird. parents. I have met parents. I met a parent who was like, my daughter, and I think she, she's in high school now. She's probably in her senior year in high school. Mm-hmm. She had she she grew anxiety 
to be around people in COVID. And so they literally had to put her in a special program when they came back from COVID because she didn't want to be around around other kids, right? And you have other kids who are dropped. I I met another parent last week Mm -hmm. and they were like, even though my, she was their nephew that they were talking about, even though my Mm -hmm. nephew was a straight A student, he doesn't want to go back to school. He's dropping out. He's like, I don't need this thing. I don't need school. Um, I mean, I I would say I even developed a lot more anxiety. Like yeah. now, I actually I take holistic medicine yeah. for anxiety, and I'm like, I did not have anxiety before COVID. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it's a real thing. But but so my concern though is that a lot of things happened during COVID, right? A lot, like think about it. Lot. This was a pandemic, guys. People were sick. A ton of people died. A ton of people died. Like. And now we like pandemic. What? Yeah, COVID. Who? <laughs> but who like, is that? But I feel like no one in society, especially in the school area, is mm-hmm. actually addressing what happened. No. Yeah. I mean, there. So I used to work with schools quite a bit, and I, you know, I'm still kind of tapped into that community. And you know, we started to see lots of funding coming down from the federal government. Mm-hmm for particular initiatives around COVID. So, I mean, when the school shut down, there was a lot of funding to get the devices out, get mm-hmm. the food out to mm-hmm. the kids where they, wherever they were. Then you saw a resurgence around like getting PPP into schools mm-hmm. and like getting testing set up. And then you saw um, as kids were returning to school, there was a lot of funding around learning loss. And so lots of programs stood up to supplement what the schools were doing. And that just happened to be over summer. And so, I mean, but that was last summer. <laughs> so I'm like, last, last summer. So I really haven't heard much of yeah. these funding streams. And I'm not to say that they're not out there. I just haven't been hearing about them. So I just wonder, have we all forgotten about this like yeah. the impact that it's had and this is going to be a lasting impact on on these young people like this was almost half their lives yeah <laughs> like this is the most of what they remember from their lives yeah what what i like i i've talked to now i'm actually in a, in a parent group now mm-hmm. um, so i talk to people who are at least in in my area in charlotte area mm-hmm. everyone's saying that they're not doing anything um, I talked to someone who was at a Catholic school, and they're like, oh, well, this, that school didn't actually let out. And so if your kid's behind, it's on you, Wow. <laughs> essentially, is wow. what the message was. And I talked to someone else who actually goes in school in mm-hmm. my school district, and they were like, um, yeah. They're, so what they're experiencing is kids are behind. The a particular parent that I talked to said, mm-hmm. my kid wasn't behind, um, but now because everyone else is behind, her doing fine is not really that great. <laughs> right, right, um, right, right, right. And that she's being drugged down because mm. there are a lot of kids who are behind because yeah. of what happened. So what do you do? Yeah. And and so what yeah. I'm I'm experiencing though is my my daughter well I have a daughter who I, I would say is just where she's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um and she just happened to squeak through. And I think the only reason she's where she's supposed to be is because when I did at home stuff, I put both of them together. And so she and was she able was... to learn what her older sister was learning, who was a year ahead of her. So right. I think that now she's in line because of that. But my older right. daughter is tremendously behind and now I'm trying to scramble to figure out what to do to support her. Right. Um, right. And I think that honestly, there was really in, in my personal experience, there was super poor communication about how behind she was. Mm. Um, essentially how I found out how behind she was is they took a standardized test yeah. and I happened to look at the score. <laughs> 
And I was like, wait a minute, what's going on here? And they're like, oh yeah, we're putting her in um, a group with other kids who are at her level and we're, we're trying to work with them during the same school day that she has, no extended hours or anything, but that's her plan to work with them. And I'm like, so what should I be doing at home? Right. And they're like, oh, here's some apps. <laughs> and oh. yes. And I'm like, okay, that's not enough. So what do I need to do? Right. Yeah. And, and so I, I, I think though, one I'm going to say is mm-hmm. guys, if you guys are community leaders and whatnot, I actually talked to my pastor about it, but I'm going to um, actually head up tutoring at my church um, nice. and nice. what we're doing. So I, I paired with another parent who was saying that her daughter was actually where she's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But uh, she said her struggle was when she asked her something that she felt like she should be able to do. She wasn't capable of doing it, but she's getting all these excellent grades in school. <laughs> right. So you're like, what are y'all really grading her on? <laughs> yes. Yes. And so we actually decided that we were going to um, actually create a tutoring environment mm-hmm. and we would either with parents and we're actually talking to some some students as well to come in and help tutor uh certain days of the week Um, but what i'm saying though is we got to get out there and we got to do it ourselves that you have got to acknowledge that there was a learning loss on average by the way kids are 10 months behind this was nationally um that i saw this and so other states may be a little you know different either above or, or or below but kids are behind guys and they're behind for a reason it's not their fault right, and we need to right. take the time to help them to get to where they need to be where they need to be and and i'll just say when i when i used to work heavy in schools it was not uncommon for this pre-covid mm-hmm. It was not uncommon for schools to be at 30% proficiency for an entire grade. Really? And that's normal. And I would go into these schools and I'm like, this is a crisis. Is it not a crisis to you that 70% of your students do not read on grade level? Like, is this okay? And yes, it had become such a norm. Okay, so such a norm. I I, I have to throw this out here too. So, in the state of North Carolina right now, Mm -hmm. there's a teacher shortage, and so they they are actually pulling in teachers who are not certified, Mm -hmm. do not have the education requirements, do not have tenure, and and in these situations if you don't have at least three years of experience you're really walking into it not having the skills that Mm -hmm. the kids need to be successful right right, so so on top of covid on top of of all that's going on i I think that there's a a huge challenge here and we have to step up and do something about it yeah and so i just say that to say is worse than that like it was already bad and so what you're saying is just compounded There was already a teacher shortage. There was already significant people behind. And now just layer on the effect of the pandemic, which really, again, in most cases has just exacerbated Mm -hmm. things that we already knew or things that we had just become desensitized to. And so, so yeah, 10 months might actually be two years, you know, Mm -hmm. like with the existing information. And so this brings me to my... (laughs) Uh oh. Brings me to my other point of a little diatribe. Schools are not designed to educate your children. Yeah. They never were. Home is where children get educated. And so I think that this, what you're doing now with the tutoring program, is a great example of parents taking back the power and the responsibility to educate their children. Yeah. 
And I'm like, I think you're good if your kid can read, you know, like yeah. learn how to read from school. But like, if we're really talking about critical thinking, how we want our kids oh, yeah, to view the world, how we want, <laughs> you know, their values to be formed, like that is the responsibility of parents. Yeah. And so I think that it's just a reality check of our duties um, and, you know, the role that we have to play in, in our families. And so... I just probably a very unpopular opinion, but I've but seen it's, it's, many schools and I don't, yeah. I wouldn't trust them to raise my kids. I mean, I wouldn't trust them to educate my kids to the level. So would you say that, that even like, even like teaching to the test? So, so the reason I'm bringing this up is because one parent mm-hmm. even said to me, they said that one of the findings from their school was mm-hmm. that they needed to have family time once they made it home. And so they're not doing homework anymore. The entire elementary school is not doing homework Many anymore. Many schools are like that. They don't do homework anymore. Many I'm schools. Like, what the heck? Many schools do not do homework. But when you also think about think about our homework when we were kids. Yeah. At, I had homework. Mom couldn't help me with my homework. And so I'm at home struggling. <laughs> and I'm like, how I we weren't as reliant on the internet yeah. as we are now, or you could actually figure it out. Yeah. But I'm struggling. My mom was like, what the heck I is say, this? I am struggling with this new math. <laughs> this While new we had it, I think I confused my kid trying to help her. It's so right. And so that's also happening. Yeah. Right? So do you want yeah. your kid to come back to school even more confused than when you left them the day before? <laughs> but also family time is very important. Yeah. But so, I, but I, I think it is. But I think, I think that there's an extreme case. So I told mm-hmm. you, my daughter's test scores are horrible. Right. And so... I don't think, I think family time needs to be us figuring out how to get her back to where she needs to be. This is our family time right now. And, and you can, I mean, yeah. because I, I think that they're trying to make it seem like learning is this segmented thing. And, and that's where I want to go with this, yeah. is that learning can be family time. One, yeah, I, I told yeah. you that one of the things that I, I developed doing is practicing sight words on a family walk. Right. Like, like we are together. We are working out together. Right. We're also learning together. Learning doesn't have to be this segmented thing that is structured and in this nine to five window. And you that, guys believe in affluent communities. Yeah. It's not segmented. Mm-hmm. It is a part of your daily life. Yeah. Like, and I think, again, it's just not whose communities know this stuff already. Yeah. Like, just because homework is gone doesn't mean learning stops yeah like that's but, but not no, the same but, thing so so i was gonna say i was gonna tell you so the woman who i was speaking to about this she was like um she was is not a, a native speaking uh english person mm-hmm. and she was like i can't teach my kid reading because right. my pronunciation is not right. correct right. and when i say something and then she goes back and sees it it's, she's like mom that's not that's right not, that ain't it <laughs> that ain't it mom you, you don't know what you're talking about <laughs> But but I mean there there you you have to acknowledge though that a certain segment yeah. of the population is not going to benefit because of other it's disadvantaged yeah. disproportionately disadvantaged yeah right yes. yeah so yeah I'm just like oh Lord it's so much to unpack it's so it much to unpack here but I think you know when I say like the families need to take back the owners but i think it's exactly the way that you're doing it is to me the way that a a good way for communities to approach it like you this this woman i'm assuming it was a woman the Mm -hmm. parent 
who's you know English is not her first language. She's now partnered with you, and now y'all are coming together. That's exactly. To she said she knows that new math. I don't know that new math, so she's gonna work on English. Right. I'm gonna work on English. She's gonna is do she that gonna new math. Do? So look, partnering up. I don't think that it's fair for us to know the whole curriculum. Yeah. Like yeah. we got lives, full time jobs, house responsibilities, and other kids. Like, and so making it a community approach and effort, I think, is the way to go. Yeah. No, definitely. I'm, I'm excited about it, but largely, um, I was actually happy that I could have the discussion because mm-hmm. you do feel isolated. You do feel alone. And I think that I right. was in, in a prior episode, guys, so check it out. I was mm-hmm. talking about how people don't talk about the things that they're struggling with. Right. Everyone gloats right. about, oh, my child's ahead. They're a superstar. But right. that mother who's struggling with the kid who's behind, no one says, my you kid's never behind. hear about her. Yeah. <laughs> you never hear about yeah. that kid. Yeah. And so I, I just think it's important, like we always say here at Black Girl Fly, have the conversation because mm-hmm. uh, other people are in the situation that you're in and you can probably find a way to leverage e- each other and your experiences right. to make a better circumstance. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that's, this is a lot to talk about, <laughs> but I think that's enough for now. <laughs> Until next time, I'm your girl, Tanisha Nicole. And I'm Shana Dixon. And we are Black Girl Fly. <laughs>